0: Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster. But before all that, and through it all, I was and I remain an Elvis fan. In fact, the seeds of my need to become an interviewer probably can be traced back in part to 1970, when I read in the Radio Times an interview with Elvis and then wrote in my diary... I'd love to just sit down in a porch swing outside Graceland with Elvis and talk to him heart to heart. These snobby journalists who write for the likes of the Radio Times just don't get him rock and roll, and they look down on it, and the man. He's an ex-truck driver. I'm the son of a truck driver. I'm sure the King and I would get along just fine. However, by the time I became an interviewer in 1985, which I did incidentally after meeting another of my music heroes, Leonard Cohen, and deciding I had to track down more of my heroes to talk with. Elvis, by that time, was eight years dead. And his death had affected me deeply. I felt my life was fragmented in ways, and I had to try to piece back those fragments. Part of the way I set out to do that was to track down or search out people who either knew or worked with or were close to Elvis in any way. This led to my meeting, for example, Gordon Stoker, lead singer with the Jordanaires, DJ Fontana, his first drummer, June Wanico, one of his earliest lovers. It also led me in 2005 to Lieber and Stoller, who wrote so many great hits for the King and for other rock royalty. I also regard them both as two of the greatest songwriters in the history of rock and roll, largely because of the socio-political or sociological setting they gave so many of their songs. But I was also interested in another dimension that not many people talk about, Namely, what I lightheartedly describe as the gay dimension to songs like Love Potion number no. nine and Jailhouse Rock. Come on, guys. Number 47 said to number three, You're the cutest jailbird I ever did see. I sure would be delighted with your company in a male jail. So I asked them about that.
1: Yeah, we had them um, last weekend we get in Ireland we get British television. All right. So last, just before I came away, they had the hundred most popular singles of all time. Wow. And you guys were filmed talking about jailhouse rock. Oh really? And Phil Coulter also said this about uh, your songs like Love Potion Number no. 9, that there were like there was someone came on after you guys were talking and saying, you know, why didn't somebody come out right away and say jailhouse rock was a gay rock and roll song? And when it, the guy kept, kissed a cop down on 34th and Vine, what's going on here? So why where were you guys sneaking these messages in from?
2: We were going out together having a great time.
1: <laughs> so who was convict number forty seven and who was number three? Twenty three? If I could remember their names and addresses I'd still be married. <laughs> Okay, but how did you guys sneak those things past these? You know, Phil Coulter said he grew well, up. Really, I'm I'm the culprit because I mean he, oh, okay, he right, never right, had right. anything to do with that trash. He just, <laughs> in fact, he'd hear
2: it, and he'd he'd make a face, and I'd say, "Hi, don't don't you think it's funny, man?" He'd say, "No, I don't think it's funny," and I say "Well, I think it's funny." So he says, "So you think it's funny? You think a lot of things," and I said, "Well, you know, I'm I'm the lyric writer, so I guess I have a right to to write it if I want to write it." And he said. Yeah, you got a right to write it.
1: And that's where he'd leave it. Would you leave it at that? Would you find some of this stuff was not, you didn't think this should be in pop songs at the time or what?
0: Oh, I had no problem with it. All that. right,
1: okay, all right. But would people like, I have read that someone like Presley later in life said to Lucy Barber and one of his girlfriends that he was aware of that, that it was a guy singing to a guy in jailhouse rock. I don't know if that was true or if Elvis would have been that kind of hip in 57. Would he have been? I don't think he would have been that hip in 2010. <laughs>
2: Okay, but those are the kind of coded messages. He was a sweet guy. Yeah? Yeah, he was a a good-natured guy, and it was a real pleasure working with him. You know, a lot of people are not easy to work with and are not fun. He was easy and fun, and he was really like, I've said this before, but I'll say it again, he was like an Olympic champion. He had more endurance than any 10 great singers we ever worked with. And if it won another take, if it was 210, he would do it. With a smile, and it wouldn't lose energy, and it wouldn't be dogged. He was great. He was just great.
1: Well, that is true. Apparently, of Hound Dog, he did like the thirty takes, and then he just went back to take twenty-seven. He was just so. We
2: weren't weren't there uh, when he did Hound Dog. You know, we had written Hound Dog for Big Mama Thornton, and it was a woman's song. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we didn't care if a guy did it anyhow. (laughs) That being the way we were. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, what the hell does it mean? I've given various interpretations of you ain't never caught a rabbit, which ain't your lyric.
2: No, it's not. Okay. They threw that in because they thought they were trying to make a male lyric and it was a female lyric, so they threw in something they thought would be kind of masculine. And never caught a rabbit it has to do with hunting, right? It also has to do with a real dog. Yeah. Whereas in the right, original right. lyric, okay. it's, a it's, a it's a metaphor for a bad guy, a guy who is a, a, a don Juan, uh, freeloader. A freeloader, a don Juan. The guy moved in on her. He said, "You know," she said, "You ain't nothing but a hound dog. uh around my door? You, you know, can wag your tail, but, but ain't gonna, gonna feed you no, no more." more.
1: Okay, well, I've heard one reading of You Ain't Never Cut a Rabbit, that it's kind of a guy saying to a woman you couldn't even get pregnant. Well, I think people... No, anyway, this is what the songs are open to. People overdub these interpretations. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Mike, I like that better. <laughs> I'd like to see a girl have a rabbit and make a friend of her. <laughs> okay, but that kind of stuff, I mean, that, that was very clever kind of coded language you were using in those songs.
2: I don't think, I don't think so. Think it was, I don't think it was that c- clever. Did, No, but I I don't think it was coded. I I I think it was funny. I appreciate the flattery, and thank you very much. (laughs) When do I get my plaque?
0: (laughs) Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast, and believe me, there will be many more based on my Elvis quest. If you want to read the articles based on the Lieber and Stoller interview you just heard, check out joejacksoninterviewer.com.